Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 302nd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica. On the topic of Audio Technica, we are recording from their booth right now at PAX Australia 2022. But I am your extremely humble and hungover host, Brendan White. (laughs) You can find me on them socials at Brendan8bit. And joining me today... The Tom Croydon to my Maggie Doyle, <laughs> Australia's finest. You can find him on them socials at Jono himself. Jono Peck, welcome back to Hungry HQ. How the bloody hell are ya? I'm fantastic. I'm very tired. It's the end of... We're recording this like right at the end of PAX. Yeah. Like literally, I'm going to walk out of here and drive home. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very tired because we've done a lot in three slash three and, three and a half days, really. Yeah. It's been a time. The energy here at PAX, at Melbourne Convention Centre, is at an all-time high, I'd imagine. After three years of event-starved society, everyone has turned up in droves in their sexy cosplays, Mm -hmm. their neck beards, and everything else in between. And it is rocking and rolling. Apologies to any horrible PC-based MC shouts you can hear in the back of this podcast. I don't think you hear much because, you know, Audio Technica... They have the best microphones and headsets in the biz. Mm -hmm. So we are cancelling a lot of that nonsense about free cheap mouse mats (laughs) and notepads and pens and pins and all that paraphernalia that no one cares about. But JP, before we jump into the meat and potatoes, it is our experiences here at PAX Australia 2022. I wanted to throw it over to you and see, get a temperature check. See, we got the the, the Super Mario Bros. movie trailer dropped on the eve of PAX opening, we got it Friday morning. We were all woken up to the mm. controversy of Chris Pratt as our, everyone's favorite Italian plumber that has the same first and last names. We got a trailer, went for about two minutes-ish, I think, if mm-hmm. I can recall. What did you think? Are you, are you horny for this? Are you in? Are you thumbs up in? Or are you thumbs down and you're uh, distancing yourself from Chris Pratt and co? I'm thumbs up. Um, I've never distanced myself from Chris Pratt. I think he's a pretty good dude. Uh, and everybody that knows him seems to think so as well I think they're the people that matter the most but um, yeah uh, I thought the trailer was great and most of our Twitter audience did too we did a poll and I think 83 or 87% were thumbs up gonna check it out which is cool Um, I thought the animation looked really great Yep. and Bowser was awesome and Jack Black sounds fantastic I didn't even recognize him to be honest and I don't, I don't really have any issues with the Mario voice we heard one line and yeah. it was a bit of a Brooklyn Sopranos accent direction that they've gone for instead of the squeaky Italian yeah. Yeah. stereotype um, <laughs> and yeah I'm keen to see more it, it's not the kind of thing that's for some people, I'm surprised how hard they're dying on this hill of this is going to be terrible because X actor is involved or because this X actor isn't involved. And it's like, 
It's Nintendo. Like, they've spent 30 years not making Mario movies because the last one was such a disaster. They're not not going to... Shout out to Bob Hopkins, (laughs) John Leguizamo. Yeah, they're not going to bring it back without something that they're going to give the stamp of approval to. Like, they guard that IP pretty closely. So that's always been my thought. They've gone and spent a lot of money to get an A-list cast. And it is a cast of heavy hitters, too. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just Chris Pat Pratt... Jack Black and some schmoes like they've yeah. got people top to bottom voicing Charlie even it, sort yeah. of just little bit characters that uh, would have cost Nintendo and Illumination a pretty penny to get on board mm. so uh, yeah I'm with you I'm in I'm uh, I try and be a bit of a pacifist when it comes to these things I will watch it and then if it's bad I will then appropriately shit talk it but sure it, it checks right. the boxes for me at the moment throwing it over to uh, the resident audio expert we've got Matt here from Audio Technica what do you think? What's your stance on the uh, Super Mario trailer? Have you watched it first and foremost? And uh, are you in? Uh, I haven't seen it. I'm going to be honest. Uh, missed it in the lead up to being on the stand for the last That's couple fair. of days leading up to it. That's fair. Um, I've seen screenshots, seen like little highlight snippets of it. I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are kind of umming and ahhing, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm in the same boat of like, I'm going to wait to see it because people are going to cut it. Like, because I've only seen cuts essentially that I'm just like, well... I can't really judge on that anyway. So. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it doesn't look as bad as when they first announced the Sonic the Hedgehog film and we got that Nightmare Fuel Sonic, which then obviously got re- redone in, in um, the lead-up to the release and then the internet was happy. But I feel this Mario Bros. movie will be a good time yeah. and I'm all for it. Aaron, are you in? Thumbs up, thumbs down on the mic. Yep, yeah, Aaron's in as well. Yeah, we're, we're getting all kinds of uh, you know validation here on this, on this, on this film. Yeah. leading up to it and uh, right now it's 4 for 4 in the Audio Technica booth here at PAX Australia 2022 so um, yeah, I don't think there's any other news we want to cover let's, <laughs> let's, let's uh, shift focus into what the, the listeners are here for and getting, getting some boots on the ground feedback and opinions of PAX Oz 2022 obviously we haven't had an IRL version of this for three years now yeah. so uh, there's a nice positive feeling in the air you know, the, the social distancing is out the door. Masks are out the door. Ain't no one cares. Like, everyone's cuddling and, and sharing COVID and spit and sweat and stink and all that stuff in here. Mm. But it's not dampening any moods. Everyone is just happy to be here, it feels like. Yeah, we'll see what the um, case numbers are like in a week. But uh, for now, everyone's happy. Yeah. And, yeah, there's, there's such a joy and happiness in the air about being back here and getting to see faces that we haven't seen in person for three years and whether it's the, the quick like oh hi like just you know go up and give someone a hug and then you don't see him again for another year like you even miss those little interactions yeah. as well so uh for us to just especially with the you know the 8-bit crew and, and friends of 8-bit had so many like the most memorable things that have happened here weren't even at PAX they're just yeah. seeing people spending time having drinks having food and uh Throwing a few inside packs experiences too, like around the indies, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of panel going in our group, but yeah, hanging around the AT booth with these cool cats. I have been to a donut equivalent of panels this year. I haven't seen any. I've heard there were some really great ones, some some that were a little uh, subpar and questionable. But uh, you know, I am not on the. The, the governing body at Reed Pop, I cannot confirm nor deny panel access to certain people. So, uh, you know, power to them for having a crack, but maybe uh, maybe uh, research and plan it out a little accordingly is probably just my uh, 
fence-based opinion there. Matt, we're going to throw it out to you again. So you aren't... Um, you haven't really had a chance to work the show floor. You've been in this booth, blood, sweat and tears, grinding it out, making audio-based magic for three days straight now. But when we've had a chance to sort of talk in between you working very hard and uh, in very much need of a pay rise after the work that you've done here, um, what, what's, what's your vibe? What's your feeling of, of PAX? Like, give us, give us an uh, exhibitor or an industry professional's point of view as how how these packs has been going so far? Um, I think it's been good. Like, there's, like my intro, I, I guess I'm getting like a really nice summary because I'm sitting through so many podcasts as they've been going through, mm-hmm. um, which has been nice because like, yeah, I, and with people who have been going through it for years, 2019 was my first anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, worked it as an exhibitor then. Um, so I, I think the general vibe is there. I think sort of everyone seems to be on the same page of like, yeah, okay, there's some, the big hitters didn't, aren't here type thing, but it gave the smaller guys room to breathe and sort of grow out of that. And because it's the first thing back, potentially, for a lot of people, this is the first big social event they've been to in the last three years, essentially, that because the big hitters weren't there, you're then not spending hours in line going back-to-back between AAA games, essentially. You're then kind of playing these other little ones and then also just doing the catch-ups. It's like it's became a big social event for a lot of people. And I think they're kind of acknowledging, they're like, oh, actually, this is, this is not just a event to go and see games it's yeah. actually an event to kind of see all the like tick all these little boxes browse a bit more rather than sort of spending all this time in lines but also see your friends see the people that in a lot of cases there's been there's actually been a couple of podcasts where people are just like they've been on a podcast for the last couple of years and haven't have never met the people who yeah. they're actually yeah. do, like That's in person awesome. actually done it yeah. so they're just like yeah this is great this is what it's all about and um, that part of it's for me really big, like that the fact that sort of it's becoming more of the social side of stuff, and the acknowledgement of that I think is really nice. That's yeah. it. It's it's very much uh, a conference that's more than just games, and you know, games is what it's what it's based upon. But it seems almost like it's secondary to the people and those those social uh, yeah. gatherings and catch ups and yeah, putting names to faces in real life. And it's crazy, yeah, that that it has been three years since the last face-to-face packs and yeah these some of these new podcasts or content creators have come up in those three years and haven't met anyone in the flesh yet so it's it's been nice to to touch a bit of flesh and and get back into it you know you always remember your first and and 2019 must have been a special one for you there yeah like i i come from a more of a sort of very corporate into like corporate sort of convention side of things so going to this where it's just fun it's like it's it's a more, lot more relaxed there's a lot more going on that's rather than just like just people in suits having me, like corporate based meetings just to kind of tick boxes essentially just to see brands where here it's like no no you're just here to like yeah that that is going on here and that is part of this industry as well and that is part of the game but like yeah there's so much social side of this as well and like i think even yesterday once the sun was out like the number of people who were just outside the hall like, they're not even in the expo. They've got their ticket for the day. They've probably had a walkthrough. And then they're just hanging out outside. There was sort of food vans and stuff. And I think that's a nice... It's a place to hang out, not just a place to go and tick the box of seeing games. And yeah. so. It's a bit of a blessing in disguise. Like, it has been disappointing rating packs as a convention because of the lack of <laughs> the place, big hitters, PlayStation, yeah. Nintendo, Ubisoft, Xbox, you know, the big publishers. Like, if you're just looking at, oh, was PAX a good convention... It's certainly lesser in that sense, but as I said, 
could be a blessing in disguise from the social perspective because that's more what we're here for and that's more what we've been able to experience is yeah. not lining up, like you said, for an hour to play God of War Ragnarok and spending that time with your friends sitting around. Getting on the soju. juice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just good fun. And um, yeah, I've, I've had a great time. We've managed to play a, a smattering of games in between uh, other commitments and socialising and wandering the show floor and window shopping things. Um, may, maybe we can sort of mix it up. We'll talk, maybe we'll talk about a couple of the high points of games we've played and then we might pivot back to say a couple of things that were, I guess, a little less positive. It doesn't have to be gaming, but maybe just packs related in general. A couple of... Yeah couple of crosses you'd like to to mark off on the list there and then we can jump back in and, and finish with the highlights so jp do you want to steer us through any any games you wanted to mention like uh yeah listeners we said there's no sony no microsoft no nintendo there is a ton of other big publishers and, and, and devs across the show floor the, the biggest ones of note would be uh devolver and then square enix but then we've also got partnerships where there's Xbox Game Pass, uh, playing that on PCs in parallel with Lenovo. The the indie showcase is huge. And the great thing is hearing from uh, Mr. Shuhei Yoshida himself saying this is like the largest indie representation of any packs in the world. Like So Australia really doubles down on highlighting and spotlighting these up-and-coming indie devs that are making fantastic games. So it's, it's really refreshing to hear that we're a bit of a differentiator compared to, you know, the the Americas and, and Europe and, and Asia where we're really uh, trying to amplify these games out there. And we played a few of them over the last couple of days and there were some bangers. Yeah, there's so many great developers here in Australia, as listeners of this podcast would know. And there, there might not be like the potential game of the year candidate like we've seen in a good run of... Um, Taxes with, I don't know. Cult of the Lambs on the floor. Well, it's it, going to follow okay. the Australian juggernaut tradition this year, I reckon. I'm thinking more in the lines of what's coming. Like, oh, okay. Like, okay. The, like years, years gone, we've had uh, Hollow Knight, yeah. uh, Goose Game, unpacking, unpacking, uh, and even like Fall Guys was shown. That's not an Australian game, but it was shown here before yeah, it came yeah, out, yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. obviously a massive thing. So there's there's nothing necessarily, at least in my mind, that I'm playing or seeing and thinking. This is going to be, you know, in everyone's top five games of the year. Like, it, I could be, I could be missing something, or <laughs> it, it might just be hard to tell from yeah. watching someone play footage over over their shoulder. But um, that doesn't mean that there aren't heaps of really cool, cool games and cool stuff yeah. out there. Um, I didn't, I didn't count or, or look on the PAX website to see the exact number. But you'd say there's maybe sixty different indie titles. That number that feels, feels about right. Yeah. yeah could be way which off which is impressive <laughs> yeah a lot, lot of boots a lot of boots yeah there's there's a lot and there's you know there's uh areas with games from new zealand there's areas with games from tasmania and singapore as well we had a bit Singaporean. of asian representation here yeah and that's cool and and like so many different genres like there's a bunch of horror games there's a bunch of platformers there's heaps of throwbacks uh, lots of cute like cute games i guess would be the genre yeah <laughs> lots I, of cats yeah, we realise I think um, the the current gaming kink is neon and cats. Yeah, too much neon. Yeah, Game you want to you, wanna, you wanna catch the attention of a potential buyer. Chuck some neon on there and a cat, and you've got a game of the year. Candy. Neon cats. You hey, got that, a that you got a unit straight, wasn't it? Yeah, that was straight. <laughs> there yeah. you go. But yeah, like if you want to talk about some of the stuff that we did play, I did manage to get into the Sonic 
the Hedgehog Frontiers. Yes, you did. Uh, game demo on the day one. Did you go fast, JP? I went fast. Didn't go fast enough. I wanted a bit more oh. speed in my Sonic. You were like a brisk canter as opposed to a full-fledged sprint. You know, sometimes you're playing games and the sprint just isn't quite enough. It's not sprinty enough for you. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I'm, I'm sure the game will speed up as you get through, but um, the demo was... It was interesting uh, just to see what type of game it's going to be. It's very, like, attempting to, to be Mario Odyssey, is my thoughts, with the, okay. with the combination of melee and, and platforming and some puzzles. Uh, even, like, the way that you get the stars... Uh, sorry, the moons in Odyssey, there's something that's, that seems similar in this game as, as a mechanic and, and kind of progression device. I... I've, kind of wanted a bit more complicated speed based platforming which there is some in there but yeah like I said it just wasn't fast enough to feel like you had enough time to build momentum because every 10 seconds it would stop you and say a box would pop up on screen to tell you how combat works or this ability works or this platforming interaction works and a tutorial that just constantly interrupts you when you're trying to play a game that's based on speed, speed, at least in the old 2D days, it, it really just sucks the, the fun out of it. So maybe as you get further into the game, it, it opens up a bit more. But I think that some people are really going to like it. Like it's it's not um, it's not going to be Mario Odyssey, but it's not going to be like a complete bomb either. It, it'll sell. Like people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are very horny for the blue hedgehog these days. I met him. The, I met him you did. You did. How was he? Is he friendly? Uh, quiet. Yeah. High fived. But that was the answer. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's. I'm. I'm more of a knuckles or tails stand myself. Like if they were there, I would. Have, I would have hugged them very, very passionately because they're clearly better than the blue hedgehog. But mm. uh, yeah, that's. It's a shame. Like p- people will play it. Like it, he's a stalwart. He's one of the the big icons of the gaming space and. It seems like there's 17 Sonic the Hedgehog games in development at any given time on any given day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's not going to be the last entry into that, that universe, but uh, that sounds fine enough. Yeah. I was unfortunate enough to not be able to play it, but uh, I'll keep it on my radar for future. I realised that you, you, you were going to ask me for some crosses. Are we talking about games or just pack stuff in general? In general. Okay. So we'll talk okay, games so now and then we'll talk like, yeah. maybe we'll say three lowlights and three highlights. Okay. Well, I, I should say a game that I did really like was uh, Gunbrella by Devolver. Well, I'm sorry, they're, they're publishing? They're, I don't, they're I don't, publishing. I don't know the name. I don't know if the they're developer. dev. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sorry to the developers of Gunbrella, but you're getting a lot of attention, so you'll be fine. <laughs> but that game is really cool. Like it's You, you saw me playing it and has a kind of a muted pixel art style where the blood isn't like completely red it's, it's a desaturated kind of red yeah they've, it, they've put a wash across the color palette yeah, and just it feels gritty turn that saturation down a bit but it's super violent and the mechanics are very fun like you've got the umbrella that you use to dash and you can use it as a shield and you can use it to glide to the ground there's so many cool uses of that as a weapon and it's got a bit of challenge to it. You saw me die a lot and yeah. have like a moment of not get good, bro. Get a, good. a moment of not knowing how to progress to a puzzle that I figured out. But that's good. Like that, that's what you want. And it was a lengthy, good lengthy demo. And I think that's going to be one of their. It's going to be maybe their next big one. So 
good on them. There's a lot of people talking about that that I've crossed paths with over these last few days about you know, what's the game that you need to try and check out. And a lot of people were, were giving a bit of praise to Gumbrella. And I can see why. Like, I just rode shotgun with you as you played. And it looked great. It had some like Super Meat Boy slash Celeste slash Super Mario World vibes is what I kept getting. And the combat was punishing. And it was super gory. But just the, the extra layers of detail that they put into that yeah. game where you'd, you'd blow people up with an assortment of weapons and there'd be body parts flying everywhere, but then they'd stay in the game. They wouldn't sort of, uh, you know, fade out into nothingness. Yeah. The way that you interacted with the world, there was a lot of love and attention to detail that they put into it. And I'm, I'm keen to, uh, to play it when it comes out, I think, next yeah. year? That sounds right. Question mark? That, that's a good point, like when you have one heart left of your five hearts you know the character kind of limps and he slows down and, 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 and blood, leaves blood and yeah. leaves blood trails behind which in a platform is pretty rare yeah uh, and then yeah like little gun shells popping out of the weapons and, and, and even along. I noticed too when you were using healing items like you had a bandage and you, you saw the character wrapping yeah. the bandage on themselves instead of just pressing and then you see your hearts refill there was animations for everything in there and it's uh, yeah it's impressive for a really sort of stripped back graphical style game but there's there's some depth there and that cheeky alligator that came after me when i thought i dodged him the enemies the aggro are set on the enemies was nuts like yeah. it wasn't just you moved out of the zone and then you'd cease to exist to them yeah. <laughs> it saw you and it wanted to eat you and i've watched enough horror movies with large reptilian creatures in it and they they don't fuck around and this one was coming for you it wanted to turn you into luggage but it didn't happen no shotgun took care of that that's it i'm upset you didn't say your luggage when you shot it though Shout out to Eraser. Have you watched the movie Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, it's the best. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, there's a scene where he and I can't remember the actress's name. They're in a they're in a zoo and they're in like an aquarium part and there's a battle with these baddies and there's a heap of alligators in this big tank. The tank gets shot. They all come through and, and this big alligator tries to attack Arnold Schwarzenegger. He shoots it in the face and he's like, "Your luggage." It's it's the best. That sounds it's about just right. typical Arnie. It's classic nineties Arnie. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw, throw this over to myself and then back to you as far as games we've been playing as well. And we both collectively jumped into the surprise announcement of THQ Nordics Alone in the Dark. Yes, Obviously, this has only been in, in the public eye of existence for like a month. And there's a playable demo here at PAX Oz 2022. So we got to go into this little closed booth and we were side by side on our respective gaming rigs. And we played this little prologue setting up the story for the, the, the return of Alone in the Dark. And um, it was cool. It was, it was graphically very pretty. There was some creepy moments in there where they were sort of transitioning between, you know, uh, like a normal world and then shifted almost to like a nightmare dreamscape type of situation that's played out. Uh, the voice acting was pretty funky. It was set in like down in the deep south in, in, in America, somewhere in New yeah. Orleans area and it was just a fun old time and just just having having the best time with that and i'm not sure when the game's coming out like we talked to the dude out the front the handler of the booth and he said sometime next year which is kind of cool for a game that didn't exist to us all until like seven minutes ago the fact <laughs> that it's coming out next year and will be like i don't know if i'd classify it as triple a AAA, maybe maybe like a double a ish but like you know there's big publisher behind it with THQ Nordic but I look good I look creepy I looked eerie uh, and I'm, I'm here for it Embracer? It's, oh yeah part of Embracer yeah. Group yeah. Yeah. yeah 
Yeah. I, I don't know if THQ Nordic exists anymore, does it? They're, they're still oh, under there. Okay. They're still Sorry. a thing. Okay. My bad. Yeah. Don't yeah. disrespect the Nordics. Yeah, okay. The Nords? <laughs> the Nords. The Nordicians? <laughs> I don't know. It was... Uh, it was... I have no history with the franchise or yeah, that game at all. So was it faithful one-for-one replicant of that original? It, it felt similar. Memory? Like, I, I haven't played those games in like a decade plus would be probably accurate. So... Okay. So the, the, the memory isn't that fresh on the franchise itself, but I enjoyed it for what it was. It was one of those pioneers in that survival horror genre where it was sort of punching in that space just before the Resident Evils and things came along. So it's nice to uh, see, see like the Godfather make a return to, to the horror family there. And yeah, we, di- we didn't get enough to sort of have a full-fledged opinion of what it'll be. Yeah. But it's, it's eerie and it's creepy and I liked even just in that little uh, technical demo we played everything in the environment did you notice you could like bump it and things would move there was things on the shelf where you could hit yes, and they'd move yeah. creepy ass bloody toy dolls everywhere I hate them they're one of my biggest like heebie jeebie yeah, things was, in games yeah. so there was a few of those that were making me a little uh, unsettled but yeah there was a lot of uh, focus on those minor details and I was like oh okay I moved that pram and I actually moved I, I bumped that shelf and that fell off yeah. and yeah and, and not uh a lot of that happens in a lot of the AAAs. They've got a pretty static environment where this thing there was everything that was uh, movable could move. Yeah, it's it's one of those games with like really good and creepy sound design that's gonna give people the creeps and just have you constantly on edge about what am I gonna see? But it's yeah. really that your ears that are gonna mess you up. Uh, you played another horror game that would be worth talking about, didn't you? I did indeed. I, I managed to dabble and experience a couple of. Uh, spookies while i was here at pax which has been great and uh one that probably hit me the most and is the most memorable across this whole weekend would be dark web streamer by a studio based out of adelaide called we have always lived in the forest haven't heard of this game or this studio until like this weekend mm. and i'm very happy we stumbled across them this was the first time they actually showcased their game publicly anywhere in the world uh, they were at Gamescom doing some closed closed door meetings just to try and plan out the roadmap with the release. But it's a game where it's it's a text based game, and there's a lot of procedurally generated scripting and conversations and um, branching narrative trees in it. So so you're playing this streamer, and you're trying to become the best streamer in the world. But somehow you've stumbled across these certain like demonic items where you can show them on stream to get more views and more subs and more donations. But with the, these items and these other supernatural occurrences that are happening, there's the higher and higher chance of you dying. And once you're dead, like, that's it. So, so you're sort of playing almost like a, a, a one-shot simulation here where you, you don't know how it's going to play out, but you're jumping between, like, jumping online on the web and buying certain other devi- um, items and the objects. Web. The dark web. It's pretty scary there on the dark web. Yeah. I, I, am, I bought, like, some, some bull testicles off there and a couple of jars and a few other like herbs to try and then do a ritual to summon like demons to get my stream you know pop off more and get more subs and donos how many subs did you end up with i think i ended up with about 20 subs by the end of it i was averaging a healthy 45 viewers at the end you know so i'm not pretty good i'm not rivaling ninja and pokimane and all those types but uh i'm building i'm building a a platform i don't know why streamers complain about being so hard to get numbers i had 45 viewers after like 20 20 minutes like lift your game everybody but no it's super creepy because you're jumping between 
in in the in the stream in parentheses. Then you've got like a chat function, so you can jump online and chat to friends or people you meet, and then they'll ask you for for assistance on certain things. Like there was one in there that jumped in, and they're like, "Hey, I'm having a really bad time." After we had a conversation, they're like, "I've got a situation where I need two hundred dollars desperately to uh, you know help help this thing play out. There's family dramas. I only had twelve dollars to my name because I bought all those cow testicles." five minutes earlier so you know jokes on me there but uh then i get a message on the chat the next day and it was from that con like from that contact's mother saying that i can't remember their username you know but username xyz123 i know you've reached out like they reached out to you earlier but we're sorry to say they took their own life overnight because they that because we didn't get that money so there's this sort of cause and effect going on where the choices you make or don't make shape the story and every playthrough you have is slightly different based off those decisions so it's all these cool creepy mechanics it's really simple like you're just navigating a computer screen so all you're using is a mouse and you're clicking through the web and, and you chat and you stream and then there's just supernatural creepiness that click, uh, peeks through because you get things happening where you jump off the stream and you're like oh a loud bangs at the door do you investigate and yes you do and there's a chance you could die you could say no yeah. And from there, it'll sort of branch off left or right accordingly. So it's been really fun. So I'm keen to play more dark web streamer. It's apparently going to come out next year. Uh, for, Hopefully by Halloween. Yeah, they're, they're hoping hoping around Halloween because they wanted to integrate this with with the twit like with an actual content creator's Twitch stream where they can take control of some of these characters and NPCs and start to sort of uh, dictate how the game plays for you. So. It's got some big potential, I think. It's really simple, but there's a lot of depth behind it. Yeah. And they went into detail telling me about this AI software they've got in the back end that's writing this thing and altering the code on the fly as far as the storyline arcs and the characters, and it's it's really impressive. Yeah, it's a cool idea to just have that immersive gameplay of your sitting at a computer and the UI of the screen is a computer. Yeah. And you're clicking on your emails, you're clicking on the Twitch chat and you can write stuff in there and you can you know yeah. order stuff on Amazon or whatever the equivalent is to, yeah. to arrive at your house the next day so yeah it, I can see it being something that people get really into especially streamers like it's a genius move to make a game about streaming because yeah. it's just going to get streamed everywhere and the replayability based on all those branching narratives and uh, different uh, different results and cause and effect means that the guy playing before you died quite early in his yeah. playthrough. It's a bad stream of yeah. that guy. <laughs> and, and like, if that's you, you're like, okay, what am I going to do differently next time? But then you get a completely different scenario. Whereas you played for, I don't know, 15 minutes or 20 minutes and didn't die at all. So that just shows that there's, a, you know, a variety of incidents that could happen. You had like four choices to react to hiding, running, you know, do, doing a chant or holding up a cross or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it it's, it's cool. Like, it's not my genre typically, but for people that don't like the creepy games of like what's around the corner, what's going to jump out and jump scare me, it doesn't seem like that kind of thing because it's a text-based yeah. experience. There were some creepy images and things that were yeah. popping up randomly yeah. and you could get a little bit of a jump off those. But yeah, it was just, just the tone. It was just constantly unsettling and I was there for every second of it and it just so happens I think I had like the best score of the day at the time I was on there so I'm uh, I'm a pretty good demonic streamer and uh, can't wait to play more of it next year but JP any other games you wanted to uh, throw into the ring here? 
Ricochet Rodeo. Oh yeah. So this is a game we played together. It's it's always cool to find like a multiplayer crazy madness chaos experience at PAX because there's always a, a couple of those around in, in years gone. You know, type of game that we have at the party mode panels or whatever. Uh, so that yeah, Ricochet Rodeo is like an eight bit very old school designed multiplayer what would you call it like a combat multiplayer combat platformer I don't know it's like it's it's kind of like it's like um, think of like before Smash Brothers was a thing yeah. this is like 8-bit Smash Brothers yes correct. set in a western world yeah yeah and and the you've got your gun like your six shooter you're all different types of cowboys and those bullets go flying and they bounce off everything so it's just chaos you've got a knife you've got TNT and it's just I think we had six players I think there were six screen. on the screen and it it got a bit too busy I think with six because there's particle effects from the TNT yeah. and the bullets and the ricochet from the bullets and then the viscera for when you kill the other cowboys or cowgirls so I think probably less is more from a player count in that game but we had a ton of fun yeah it was great and shout out uh, that they also had a dedicated dance button so I was doing like little hoedowns on top of the on top of the bar in one area after I'd stab someone I'd do a little little jig and then get back into the warfare but super simple but super fun and rewarding yeah it had a bit of that Nidhogg feel about it where it was that same kind of like very basic appearance but um, still quite quick on the screen and bloody and was there blood? There was blood. There was blood, yeah. Yeah. Bloody and just gory fun and it's got that real like, especially if you were to play with less people so you can actually follow a bit more what's going on, it would have that real tension of like, you're going to get me? I got you. Yeah. And I stabbed you when you were trying to pick me off with your six shoot. Yeah, it, it was a ton of fun and um, I'm presently undefeated in uh, Ricochet Rodeo. I am... True. The most slaughterous of all cowboys. I was shivering people with my Bowie knife like no one's business. It felt great, especially like when we had like four other randos with us and a few of them. They were getting a bit cocky, so it's like, mate, you're done. I'd go, I'd go pin him near the barn, stab, 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 and then run away and chase you for a while because you're always the yellow character. I was, and I, I had bloodlust for that yellow character <laughs> constantly. Yeah. The other multiplayer game that I saw was actually Goat Simulator Three. I saw, I played it by myself. And it's the typical chaotic fun that you would expect from Goat Simulator. But I, there was a bunch of kids playing near me and they were playing split screen together. So it's, it's pretty cool for a game like that to go that extra step and do the split screen. What do you call a group of goats? Herd? Herd? I imagine. Matt, do you know what a group of goats is? Yeah, I think it's a herd. Sounds about right. Don't question me. Herd of goats. I'll, I'll Google it in the background. Okay. I, I just wanted an external uh, you know, validation source there, that's all. Okay. You said it confidently, but there was a slight uncertainty in the back end. I don't know if it's the soju that still got you a little shaky, yeah. but uh, yeah, but very were, curious. Yeah, those, those kids, they were, I don't know, 12. Hey, the goats or the children? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ha! The, the youths. <laughs> were, uh, they were absolutely loving it, and they're like, this is going to be the game of the year. <laughs> Dumb kids. <laughs> So I'm, I'm seeing that as a popular game when it releases. Uh, no, no, it is a herd. It is a herd of goats. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yep. I knew it. You guys are so smart. Yeah, but it, it's madness, those goat simulator games. And it's that mad that, you know, they, they totally abandoned the thought of going goat simulator 2 after the first one. They just went, you know what, it's going to go to goat simulator 3 because why not? 
Yeah, cool. So that's what happened? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I was sitting there going, I don't remember seeing it yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. All right. No, no they, they, they went, we're going to abandon the, the direct sequel and go sequel, sequel. So yeah, they nice. went from one to three. Maybe they're going to do two as a prequel to three. Oh, <laughs> origin story of the goats. When yeah. they are baby goats. Simulator 3, the p- origin story. <laughs> two, which is actually two. So have you played the original Goat uh, A little bit. A little bit. They are mad, those games. Like, just the chaos that you can create as this little humble goat knows no bounds. I love it. How was three? Yeah, it was was wild. I was on, like, a farm and I had a rocket launcher. So I could shoot that rocket launcher at a pig or at a bale of hay or at a person. And it, like, kind of ticks, ticks, ticks and then explodes and just yeets people (laughs) in every direction. It was was pretty fun. Do you think... Um, um, on that farm, do you think the pig would be the primary rival to the goat? Like, if we're talking the, the pecking order on a farm with animals, would not the goat p- and the pig sort of be the, the main nemesis of each other? Not this goat. Not this, this goat. This goat was the king of the farm. <laughs> the humans didn't even have, have yeah. a stand a chance. You missed the party out of rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah. my <laughs> mistake. <laughs> that no. brings him to really high in the yeah. pecking order. There was a part where I, I knocked over, like, a barrel of oil and just started sliding around and was just covered in, like, head to toe black in this oil and it just made everything just slippery and wild and sliding around and everyone was getting caught up in it and yeah I don't know if that was in the, the first one they've done so much DLC for yeah, that yeah I haven't played it for a while but um, it looks like they've come up with some new and it actually looks pretty good like it looks pretty polished which it's a janky game still but uh, at least the environments are, are kind of photo real that's yeah. it that's it and it's it's a game that if you can dream it, you can do it, yeah. just about. Like, it is absurd, the physics and the mechanics that they've got in it. And it's just good, dumb fun. And the fact that they've got, like, co-op in it sounds absurd. I've only ever played it solo. But playing with a couple of friends or enemies or whatever would add another layer to that game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, one I also wanted to shout out is a game called It's Only Money. Mm-hmm. And that's a game by The Usual Suspects. Think of like it as a Grand Theft Auto light. I know that's probably a, a lazy way to describe it, but with, with no uh, vehicles, there there was vehicles. Can you there get is in vehicles. vehicles. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. So there was a mission I had to do after you had to go to a panel where I had to go steal a car and go drive around. So is it like Simpsons hit and run then? It's, it's a bit like that. It's a bit like that. So so you're part of like this this pseudo uprising because the government in this town. Uh, just against the common folk and the poor people and the downtrodden and they're, they're putting all the all the poverty-stricken pe- people and the non-high rollers pretty much down in the sewers and you're trying to rise up and, and take down th- this evil corporation that's uh, obviously disrespecting society. So there's various quest lines and, and um, you know, offshoots and just general insanity. So think of like a, a GTA, like, you know, Baby's First GTA. It's it's a smaller scale game. The map itself was pretty big. Yeah. Uh, but it was super smooth. The combat's really simple. It was just melee based. There is objects you can pick up and use as well, but there's no like guns from what I could see. Sadly, I couldn't find any hookers to sleep within the car after I stole it. So uh, that fantasy's got to wait for another day. But overall, it's only money. It was super fun, really polished. They've been working on the game for three years now. A lot of these games we've found have either like commenced off the back of COVID and yeah. studios have come up off the back of that and they've just worked through from there. But yeah, it's only money is really great. And the last game I wanted to shout out is done by Toybox Games and that's Primordial Legends Hollow Hero. So this is a game that uh, popped up on the socials 
maybe a month ago was sort of like the global like hello here we are yeah, and it was yeah. the whole um, wordage of you know combat wombat and everyone was like what I want to be a, a, a wombat and kick kick nature's ass so it's a, it's the wombat god of war is what they're saying yeah the packs. yeah yeah so so I I got to got to play why. a 15 minute demo of that today and we we had a good chat to to some of the development team there at Toy Box Games seven seven guys have been working on this throughout the pandemic and it looks stunning it's just about one of the best looking games from a graphical like impressiveness standpoint um on on the show floor in the in the indie area uh the the lighting they're, they're running it they're building it through unreal engine 5 which is a bit of a differentiator there for that indie space as well and it was gorgeous the combat was nice and simplistic there was some sort of puzzle elements and, and some traversing with, with jumping and moving around like that. I only got, yeah, 15 minutes, but the demo is great. They were saying the game is going to be part of like a broader universe where this game entry might be somewhere in the realm of, you know, three to four hours, but they're looking to then build off that and bring in other heroes outside of, of, of the humble female wombat there. But it was very impressive, um, and I really enjoyed my time with that one. Yeah, it was cool to see a game on the floor where there's... Know, such a variety of random art approaches and that's one of the cool things about the indies is yeah. the amount of hand-drawn and just cool different animated styles and then it's almost like the photo real game is the one that's the odd one out really 100%. And, it, and it is photo real like it, they've, they've used unreal 5 to do those um, hair simulations on the wombat and yeah the, the, there was not a, a splash of neon or a cat anywhere in sight <laughs> yes. of Primordial Legends. It's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, but it, it was really great. And the, the game was completely voiced as well. So there was voice actors in there. The soundtrack was great. Like um, Tyson was telling me they've got a full-time um, like uh, sound engineer that's working, not only from, from the music side of it, but also working with a lot of contracted voice work mm-hmm. operators as well. And... It's impressive. I think um, it'll continue to get a lot of press here locally, but also abroad because it, uh, it's very unique. And yeah, uh, God of War with Wombats is a very apt descriptor. Some cool some cool mechanics in there too. Like obviously you're playing a Wombat that's bipedal, but it has like a, a weapon. Like a, what is it? It's like a big club. But it can go underground and dig, dig underground and kind of like the old gopher on uh, Winnie the Pooh and just kind of like go through and go underneath objects and yeah. come up with and re- use that mechanic to refill your supply of rocks yeah which you can use as a projectile so yeah, yeah it's, it's really cool the combat was fine there was like a light and a heavy attack a block as well yeah. and the cool thing with the block abilities if there is projectiles coming towards you if you time the parry you can redirect that uh, that attack or, or thing that's coming at you back at its at its origin point so you can do damage to the environment or the enemies that are trying to take you down so yeah super fun i'm excited to see that they're planning uh pc release next year trying to also do console but not sure if that'll be released in parallel or sort of you know a few months later yeah, yeah. very cool yeah so that's that's the games we've been playing maybe we can start sort of focusing on a bit of a, a bit of a wrap up put a bow on on packs as a whole let's start we'll get some negativities out of the way give me give me a couple of low points or, or sort of uh you know, things that you enjoyed least about packs that doesn't have to be tied to a game or yeah. an experience you can say the you know the hangover you had this morning could have been one of those things because there was many of those around on the show floor today so brendan making me stay out later than i wanted to was probably one of those frustrations <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to apologize home. i wanted to go home at one we went home at three um, and aside from that 
I mentioned it before, but just the lack of uh, AAA. Like, we all love our indies, but it's also one of the cool things about PAX has been that first look at Final Fantasy VII Remake or that first look at yeah. uh, Marvel Avengers or whatever it is. And that's been a cool thing to, to get around, play Days Gone, play, play those kinds of experiences that... You know, you know that you're going to be looking forward to and definitely pick up that game when it comes out. And it, it, it adds a bit of pizzazz to the convention. They always have a really cool display, and big booth, and not having Nintendo and Sony and Xbox, not to mention the other publishers that are often here, has made it seem like the convention's just smaller. There's less to see. Yeah. You walk around. There's a, a, a big thing you do here is just walk around and when you're walking around and you're just looking at indies even though there's a lot to see and a lot to discover it feels like you could get through everything that you want to in one day if you really wanted to Yeah. and that's probably been the biggest difference this year for me at least yeah my, my biggest negative that comes from PAX Oz 2022 is like I could probably just sit here in silence for a second and probably pick up on it really quick is these loud obnoxious wankery MC shoutcasters on all the PC booths. That's there every year. It's there every year, and and it's not going to go anywhere. Like they're they're hype men and women, and they're doing what they're paid for. But like, shut the fuck up. Like, don't be so loud. Like, respect the broader environment. You don't have to sort of keep raising the mic levels to outdo HyperX or AMD or M Wave or whatever. Just like, name them all. Go on. Just settle name down. Name and shame. Settle down. All of them. Like, you know, form an orderly queue and come complain to me if you've got issues with it. But, like, it's so annoys- annoying and it's like bordering on, like, noise pollution and it just becomes white noise over the broader show. Like, luckily here, rocking these AT 2040s, where we're cancelling a lot of that shit out of this recording so we don't have to worry so much at all yeah. uh, and these priced are at $99 here for <laughs> Paxos 2022 absolute bargain usually $169 nice but yeah $99 at Pax so sadly by the time you listen to this you won't be able to get that deal but you can still get it for that $169 which is still value you're still practically making money for $169 yeah. but uh, AT's doing a, a trade like they're selling like hotcakes and they don't have a single person with a microphone no. or a megaphone hyping up the crowds as they walk past. The product sells itself. Yeah. You don't need to cheapen the product with this, buddy. You say hyper, I say X and all that. It's like, fuck off. Should he suck it or should he oh, eat it? Yeah, like that. Like, oh my God. Suck Kill- it, eat it. Kill me now. Kill me now. And, and let's just drill everyone that's involved with this because the consumers are the ones that are like... Yeah, me, me, me. Throw the mouse pad in my direction like it's going to change your life. You're part of the problem when you're getting excited for like cheap-ass knickknacks that are either going to break tomorrow or you're never going to use them. But just society loves free things. No matter how bad it is, they're like, yeah, that's free. I want it. Give it to me. (laughs) Matt, what's been been the biggest negative for you of PAX Um, Oz 2022? Air your grievances. Uh, Yeah, you're right. The the big speaker guys. I don't know. I, I enjoy that. I, I, I get it's part of the game. Uh, I did kind of get a bit of a laugh. I saw one before that like tried to hype up to a crowd. No response. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot. My, my biggest grievance is around like not being able to participate, I guess. like mm. um, So we spoke about it in the game chain earlier. And like, so Council made the same comments because he's doing so much with the Gen Oz stuff. He's like, yeah. he played no games this entire weekend. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that. Like, I'm very much, like, being part of it, involved. I'm here. 
play You're working. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm working. I'm yeah. working. Like that's the thing. At the end of the day, like it, it's here working and stuff like that. It's it's downside. You hear all the hype and stuff like that. But um, other than that, like I like what it became. Like the the extra space, and I can I can understand the grievances of not having the big stands and stuff here. Um, but I think what happened because of that yeah. might might outweigh that. Like like the pros outweigh the cons of that. Like next year will be different. I think they'll be back next year because there's less trepidation about people coming in. I think it's, it wasn't them just kind of, you know, we don't want to be a part of it. I think it was definitely like, is this actually going to, when we're, when we're committing our finances, is it going to be part of this? That's it. It's a bit yeah. of a temperature check to see if yeah. PAX is still relevant here from a yeah. local level. Yeah. But it's just a shame that it's become a PC trade show, show floor almost. Like every yeah. PC vendor from a, from a, you know, peripheral to a full-fledged hardware level are all here peddling their wares and that's great. But, like, I would have loved to have seen a few more uh, studios have representation. Like, Bethesda's got a thing, but that's off-site at another location. But it would have been nice to have that big booth set up here instead of having to sort of break away from PAX and go for a wander to another bar to sort of see what they had going on. See, no real Ubisoft representation. They had some closed-door scuff with uh, Skull and Bones available. But, yeah, if we had a couple of the other bigger uh, parties out there representing here, it would have made a nice difference. But I like that it is open and spread out. It doesn't feel as suffocating as it has been yeah. at previous packs, except when you're trying to break through one of those hype crowds when the, the, yeah. the mice mats are flying. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time nice. here. I pluralized it. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's just weird. To it's call, a weird... It's all multiple mice mouses and mice when, it's, yeah. when you're talking like about you, a computer. Like yeah. Grammatically, you're correct. Like, yeah, like it just sounds yeah. funny. Yeah. I'm looking for some mice. I need five mice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm setting up three PCs, so I need a, some mice. I need three mice mats, please. <laughs> Stat. Let me just uh, get my microphone and I'll throw them at you in a very uh, energized way. But uh, let's, let's adjust and, and shift away... Uh, from the negativity and let's let's talk about the the highlights of PAX 2022 sort of a bit of a closing a yeah. bit of a bow on this uh, PAX present episode yeah I mean I got to see Shuhei Yoshida at his story time which was just really cool because he's such an icon in the PlayStation world and that being like my very first in, in, entry into the games as the games industry as a as a fan was through PlayStation and things like Podcast Beyond, which he's part of the law on. So just to see him and hear him talk about leading the indie initiative with PlayStation was really cool. He wasn't dropping any bombshells about their strategy or anything. It was it was just his thoughts about you know the indie scene in Australia and how PlayStation wants to bring that focus back about indies that they once had and. I kind of lost to obviously the Switch became the big thing as the Vita faded out, and now with Game Pass, Microsoft has become quite a mecca for a lot of indies getting uh, exposure. So yeah, PlayStation's refocus on on supporting indies and indie developers. Yeah, it was cool to just see him and to not just see him talk about it, but he's here, he's playing indies down on the indie floor. So, you know, these guys are working down there. They've been working on these games for years. And then Shuhei Yoshida walks up and says, can I play your game? Like, that's pretty cool that he's here. And and then he highlights them all on his social platforms as well. So they're getting so more eyes on their potential product that they wouldn't have got without him being here. So it is really nice to see that he has a genuine love and care for the the games and especially the indie industry because he's doing what he can to spotlight 
as many titles as possible. Yeah, he's a big Cult of the Lamb supporter. Yeah, and baby. has been. Uh, and he was mentioning, they asked him about games he was looking forward to. He mentioned a couple that I had never heard of. So he's going pretty deep with it. And you can tell it's not just like, you know, a demotion from the head of whatever to the indies. Like he really cares about this and came to Jim Ryan about the idea of, of bringing back a focus on that. And Jim was like, yep, you can do it. So um, he's the right man for the job. I think. Yeah, his favorite game is Journey. He said when asked about you know just his likes and and whatnot. So I, th- I think if um, that, that that gives you a good idea of, of the, the kinds of uh, experiences that uh, hopefully we can see on PlayStation again. Not that they've ever gone away completely, yeah. but giving them the support on the store and curation and, and the discoverability of of those smaller titles when yeah. it's very easy to just turn on your PlayStation and just see Fortnite and Call of Duty. Exactly, exactly. That That's one thing in the, in the great console wars and, you know, the, the Sony v Xbox situation. That's one thing that Xbox have really done well over the years and it's nice to see Sony trying to get to that level and then ascend past that. So we hope that is the case because, you know, rising tide raises many ships, as they say. And, uh, yeah, shoe at the forefront is, is great for everybody involved. Mm. Yeah. Any other positives? Just seeing NATO and people like that, you know, just oh, hanging no, out I with forgot. Jack. I should have put that down as a low light. Me, just, you know, the old 8-bit crew. It's always good. Um, have, hanging out, seeing the AT boys. Just, just good times. It's Like I said at the start, like the, the the blessing in disguise of the maybe lack of things to do here has just been that we can focus on really the real reason that we're all here which is to hang out again and see everyone and you know there's people that couldn't make it that we miss wish that they were here too shout out to all you guys you know who you are but next year maybe or the year after maybe yeah but, yeah and for those people that no showed the uh the eight bit pizza party oh. last night a big middle finger you missed out a courtesy message to say you weren't coming would have been nice you inconsiderate pricks <laughs> but uh the pizza was great the drinks were great the, uh, the catch-ups and the social aspects of it was, was a constant highlight. Like, whether it, be, whether it was on the show floor, outside in, in the concourse, offside at a pub, or just random location, having those interactions with people you, you talk to for, you know, on the daily or weekly, monthly, whatever frequency, and then having those conversations in the flesh again was very refreshing. And uh, it was it just, you know, there was just a good energy. Like, it was on a high for these three days I was hung over as shit for part of it as well but it felt like the endorphin high from seeing these people or playing a game or hearing an anecdote from somebody about a, a weird OnlyFans situation you know that, that just sort of broke down any any sort of sadness and pain I was feeling so it was just a great 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 couple of days and uh, it's been fun to see Brendan himself as the kind of the, the tour guide because this is your city now and you yeah. know all the spots my city people and people Mine. are just like looking to Brendan where are we going after this and Brendan's shouting everyone food and drinks and Ubers and it's just uh, it's just good to see you kind of like get putting everyone under your wing and be like let me show you a good time yeah we, we, and we had a couple of good times there it was uh, biggest sort of back to back nights I've had in, in god knows how long my back is killing me my feet is killing me my liver is just dead and I'm blocked up like no one's business. I've got so much pizza inside me at the moment still. It's still there. I'm worried. I need to get like a colonoscopy or what are those things that you can get where they sort of like shoot a thing up you and then... An enema? I need an enema. I might need to book in an enema. (laughs) 
because I've got so much Chicago, Detroit, and New York pie in and around my anus that just refuses <laughs> to leave that I'm worried. I'm worried for my well-being and I'm worried for the toilet when I eventually, you know, manage to break down this damn wall. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good luck, I, I Good luck guess, with that. Yeah, thanks. Maddie, Maddie, what about you? Do you want to give us a, a highlight or a, a sort of a wrap-up summary of, of, of PAX from a, from a positive perspective from your side? Um, no, I think it's just been good fun. Um, I got it, yeah, got across, I mentioned it off thing before, getting across to see the shanties last night. It was like my first... Uh, Pax shanties that I kind of got a chance to see. And it's a good time. Yeah, really the world good, the world needs more shanties. Really good time, and I think word about it kind of must have spread because I were on it like nine thirty last night, and I think just people went off, got a feed, had some drinks, and came back for yeah. it. Which I think like that in itself, I think is pretty big because like is like yeah, it's very easy to just go cool, we're done for the day, go to the city, or like they found things to do to fill time to, before coming back to it. So I think that's a like yeah, that's. Huge, huge love for those boys. It was so much fun. It was just, just silly. Just silly. That's, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, love it, and it so it's much. such a, a differentiator from everything else you'll see and do at PAX. Like, yeah. there ain't nothing like singing a sea shanty and doing that with just a, a bunch of good people that are all just fully in. Yep. I think yep. it's something that you either, if you're going to um, participate, like go to one of these sea shanty events or you know on a live stream or a concert, whatever, you've got to be fully in yep. with it as well. You can't just stand in the back and toe tap you've got to be singing along arm in arm and having a having a jolly old time so yeah. uh yeah the, the boys that put those on a hat tip to those what, what's a pirate hat called a pirate hat the little try uh, hat i don't know the what, what whatever yeah, those is I don't know. I, I'm, I'm too tired and fatigued to pull that kind of name out right <laughs> now but yeah pirate hat tip to those involved at sea shanties but uh yeah i guess that sort of brings us to the end of thg 302 it has been an absolute uh lightning rod of a time here at PAX Oz 2022 just wanted to obviously thank those fantastic sexy legends at Audio Technica you can upgrade your audio based game over at audiotechnica.com we're talking in-ear over-ear we're talking wired bluetooth you want to upgrade your turntable game you've got some sexy vinyl got the best turntables in the biz over there audiotechnica.com if you want to follow us all as a collective at we are 8-bit on the socials myself at Brendan 8-bit Jono at Jono himself but be sure to rate, review, subscribe us and all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular. Those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. It keeps us tracking, keeps us relevant, takes no time, costs no money, and means the world to us. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.